0: Hey this is Talking Sports with Evan. I am your host, Evan Witalison. And uh, another week, uh, another half, almost full through the week, and here I am with another live stream edition of Talking Sports with Evan. For those that enjoy the live stream, I apologize for not being able to give you a live stream last week due to some technical issues. I was unable to do it, but here I am today. I am able to do it. So Talking Sports with Evan is back in video form. And lots to talk about, lots to discuss today. Some Milwaukee Bucks to talk about. So, unfortunately, for me and for anyone watching this who's a Bucks fan, the 2021 2022 season for the Bucks did not end how we hoped it would end. The defending NBA champions uh, lost in seven games to the Boston Celtics. So I'm going to spend some time kind of talking about the season and the series and where do the Bucs go from here and what do I think the Bucs need to do. If you're watching this live and you have some opinions on what the Bucks need to do, you can comment um, on Facebook um, if you're watching via Facebook or you can comment on Twitter if you're watching via Twitter and let me know what you want to see the Bucs do in the 2022-2023 season as they attempt to get back to the NBA Finals, which eluded them this season. So other thing I'm going to talk about is the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers uh, beat, took two out of three from the Braves, uh, winning in off fashion. So we're going to talk um, some, some Brewers um, in today's show as well. And other things I'm going to talk about is the Packers bring or Packers extend Jair Alexander to a a new extension makes him the highest paid uh, corner in the league for right now until the next guy gets paid. But for right now, Alexander, the highest paid corner in the league. What is your thoughts on that? And Packers have some options now. They freed up about 6 million in cap space um, by re-signing or uh, extending Alexander. They free up about, uh, Six million in cap space. What are they going to do with it? Are they going to just sit on it and have it for any in-season moves, or do we have another free-agent signing happening? And what position do you think the Packers should address with this new money? Um, wide receiver, uh, safety, another offensive lineman, another a, a tight end. What do you think the Packers should do? And finally, NBA playoffs are still happening. Although the Bucks aren't in it, the playoffs are still happening, and I'm going to give my thoughts on the Eastern and Western Conference Finals and uh, what do I think is going to happen. So I'm going to start with the Milwaukee Bucks. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, the 2021 season for the Bucks did not end how we wanted it to. They felt short against the seven-game series against Boston. And there's a... There's a few areas that it's unfortunate you know the Bucks kind of lost it in. Um not having Chris Middleton was huge. Um I think Chris Middleton, if he plays in this series, I think Chris Middleton uh makes a big difference in the series. Um they were missing that mid range mid range game. They were missing that player that you could get a shot off uh when you needed it, to make a shot when you needed it. Uh, I think that was a huge issue for Milwaukee. And I think if Chris Middleton plays, the easy answer is if Chris Middleton plays, I think the Bucks are still playing basketball if Chris Middleton's healthy. Um, they they were able to get by the Bulls with no Chris Middleton uh, after the game, too, because the Bulls are not that good. They're just not. And the Bucs could defeat the Bulls by attacking inside, attacking the paint, and the Bulls couldn't defend it. The Celtics could defend the paint better than I thought they could. Um, they had three guys that they could throw at Giannis and Horford and the Williams, uh, Robert Williams, who missed the final three games of the series and Grant Williams who became uh, Reggie Miller in the uh, game seven of the Eastern uh, Eastern conference semifinals against Milwaukee. Uh, but I thought the Bucks were fair better inside. And we saw it early on in game seven where Brooke Lopez was just dominating the paint. Giannis was just he he can he he's, Giannis contributed on 24 of the first 26 points for the Bucs, too, either assisting or scoring. But unfortunately, as the Celtics toughened up inside, made things harder for Giannis, made things harder for Lopez. The outside shooting wasn't falling. Uh, Grayson Allen didn't nail a three pointer at all in the game. Drew Holiday didn't nail a three pointer at all. I think Bobby Portis had one or two. Um, George Hill didn't play that well in game seven. So they definitely were lacking Middleton. Middleton's a lot of the shots that a lot of majority of the minutes Grayson Allen got. He wouldn't get if with Chris Middleton. He would be coming off the bench. He wouldn't be scoring. You could use him in different situations, preferably when Tatum and Brown weren't on the floor. But you you couldn't do that with Middleton being hurt. So that was a big factor. The other issue, and I, I saw defense attacked a lot for the reason why the Bucks lost. The defense was bad. The drop defense didn't work. Um, the drop defense sucked. Yes, the defense could have been better, but we're not talking about the Bucks season ending because they didn't play strong enough defense. We're talking about the Bucks season ending because they didn't play good enough offense. Game one, the uh, Bucks won. Um. Yeah, game one, the Bucks won 101 to 89. They held the Celtics just 89 points. Um game two, they uh game two, they lost 109 to 86. Nine times out of ten in the day's NBA. If you hold a team to 109 points in a, in a game, you're gonna win the game. But unfortunately, the Bucs can only manage 86 points. Game three, they won 103 to 101. Um, game four, they lost one sixteen to one hundred eight. Again, another game the Bucks probably should have won. Uh, they had the lead going into the fourth quarter, had a double digit lead at one point. They gave it away. Game three, they gave up a double digit lead, but they were able to uh, they were able to fin- win it at the end after a uh, missed free throw attempt by Smart. He couldn't tip it in in time, and Horford, um, uh, I should say Horford, couldn't tip it in in time. Game five, 110 to 107, Bucks win. Um, And game six, 108 to 95, Celtics win. As I just talked about, if you hold a team to 109 points in today's NBA, typically you're going to win. In this regard, the Bucs didn't. Why? Because they scored 95 points. And then in game, game seven, they lost 109 to 81. And before all the substitutions were made and... The, the Bucs took out the starters and the Celtics took out their starters. The Celtics were on pace to score 104 points in that game. And in today's NBA, if you give up 104 points, you're going to win. But instead, they give up 81. So that was one, two, three games in this best of seven series. The Bucks failed to score 100 points. Um, three games in this best, two, uh, four games, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, three games in this best-of-seven series, the Bucs failed to score 100 points. And two games in this best-of-seven series, the Bucs failed to score 90 points. You're not going to win an NBA game in today's NBA not scoring 100 points or more. And both defenses played physical, aggressive basketball. The Celtics supporting cast, they held their own in game uh, game, – Game four, it was Horford who had thirty points. Game seven, it was Williams who had twenty-seven. Um game six, it was uh Jason Tatum that took over, him and Giannis uh going head to head throughout that game. And unfortunately, the Bucks didn't have enough supporting cast to overcome it. So Middleton would have made a huge difference in the points aspect. And you now this kind of goes into where do the Bucs go from here. What do the Bucs do now? They 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 uh what do they do to get back to the NBA finals? A year removed from winning it. Now you're you're done. What do the Bucks do? And the easy, you know, it's easy to say they have to overhaul overhaul everything and whatnot, but at the end of the day, you don't have to overhaul anything. Um, you need to tune up some areas, um, get some better, you know, get some uh get some guys around Giannis that can contribute more. Um Guys that can play over guys like uh George Hill, and I know he's under contract for another year, and the bucks and um more importantly bootenhoer uh trusts uh George Hill quite a bit, but you know Javon Carter, you have to d- decide if you're gonna bring him back or not um Bobby Portis has a player option that he's likely not going to uh to exercise, so he'll probably become a free agent and if you're gonna sign Bobby Portis again. Um, you're gonna have to pay him some money. Um, Lopez has one year left on his contract. Grayson Allen just resigned recently. Um, Jordan Wara is a free agent. You got Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. You're paying a lot of money to, and Middleton's gonna be due for a new contract soon. Uh, West Matthews is due to be a free agent. Pat Connaughton has a player option. Serge Ibaka, I believe, is a free agent. Then you have Giannis. So. Those are the main guys that played. Um, Sandro Mamu, he's a guy that's intriguing. If he can uh, be a, a a big off the bench, that can be somebody you can count on. He nailed some big three. He nailed a lot of threes at some point uh, during the season at one point. Um, Nassis you keep around just because um, you got to make Giannis comfortable. And Luca Veldoza, point guard the Bucks sign late in the year who got some minutes in the playoffs. It'd be interesting to see if he can kind of take over as that number two point guard. I I don't know if he will or not, but it'd be interesting, but really what the bucks need to do is stay healthy and maybe fine tune the, 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 uh, the depth a little bit. I would bring Carter back. You're stuck with George Hill and maybe figure out, you know, other guys you can sign for the cheap to come off the bench. Uh, you being an NBA title contender every year moving forward, as long as you have your big three um, and they stay healthy. Some of these veteran guys might be willing to stick around, uh, come in for, for cheap because everybody wants to chase a ring. That that's the thing. Let's chase this ring. Let's try to win this title. And the bucks have a window right now that they can bring in veterans like OS Matthews to try to win a championship. Um, the only tradable pieces they really have right now would be Grayson Allen and Brooke Lopez. And I don't know if you're going to be able to get too much with those two um, to really improve the starting lineup. But I think the Bucks' starting lineup is pretty much fine. You got the big three and Giannis holiday Middleton, you got Brooke Lopez, and now you really just need a shooting guard. So that could be Grayson Allen or that could be somebody else you bring in uh, in the draft or as a free agent. And hey, you got a first round draft pick. Um, you didn't have have one last year and you don't have I don't think you have one next year. So you got to take advantage of having that um, that draft pick. But in reality, the Bucks just need depth pieces in Milwaukee to play better. And if the depth pieces play better, the Bucs win that series. And Boston's uh, role players played better than Milwaukee's. Um, you hope that Bobby Portis, if he comes back, continues to improve each and every year. He didn't have a great shooting series, but defensively he played pretty well against Boston. Um, it was Last year it was his defense is why he wasn't playable at all against Brooklyn. This year offensively is why he was not really playable. So maybe he can put it all together next year and you can depend on him. Um, I think the Bucks do need a number, uh, a second number, a second five. Brooke Lopez, your starter. You need another five to uh, maybe that's Mamu, maybe it's a free agent, maybe you bring Serge back. But you don't. You want to limit Giannis's uh, need to play the five early in the year. You want to save that for the playoffs because you don't want him beat up during the regular season like he got this year early on when he had to play the five a lot because Lopez was out with a bad back. You don't want to play Bobby Portis at the five. Portis and Giannis are fours. You want to keep them at that four position. You want Giannis to continue to be that help defender, but you need another number, another uh, center to spell and maybe take, you know, take away early on in the year, take away minutes from Brook Lopez so you freshen him up and keep him fresh for the playoffs. And you never know when that back might give an issue again. So maybe you look for a five in, in the draft that maybe can play right away. Or maybe you bring in a free agent, like I said, or maybe you bring Serge back um, and really give him minutes off the bench. I don't know if Javon Carter or Serge Ibaka would have made a difference in this Boston series, but I do think Javon Carter should have played more minutes after game one and two. I'm not saying he should have played 20 or 30 minutes. I'm saying he should have got at least 10 to 15 minutes for the fact that there's one thing. If there's one thing that Javon Carter does really well, that is be a pest. He is a pest on defense. He pressures the ball handler from the second the ball is inbounded up the uh, up the half court into the half court sets, and he goes through around screen. You know, he goes over screens instead of under screens, and he's a guy that fights to stay in front of them. And like I said, he's a pest. His hands are active, and he drives opposing guards crazy. Now, Boston Tatum and Brown would have uh, if you would have had him in for extended periods of time, Tatum or Brown would have ate him alive. But I think you, you play Carter to give that pestiness off the bench. Um, Plus he can nail a three here and there. Um, I don't think they, I I think that's what I would have done with Carter. I don't know if that makes a difference in winning or losing the series, but I think it could have made things interesting in the series. If you would have gave him more minutes. So, the Bucks don't have to overhaul anything. They don't have to trade Drew Holiday. They don't have to trade Chris Middleton to try to get more, you know, pieces around Giannis. They keep the big three intact and work on building the depth around a little bit, find you another three-point shooter off the bench. And hopefully it's Grayson Allen, and hopefully he finds his three-point stroke. And see, the issue with Middleton's injury, you're playing guys in roles. They're not used to playing. Um, Drew Holiday has to be more of a scorer rather than a distributor. Drew Holiday plays extremely well in that distributor role where he's getting about 10 to 15 shots a game. He's not a high-volume shooter. He's not a 20 to 30-shot-a-game guy. He he gets 10 to 15, he's fine. Um, Grayson Allen, great coming off the bench. Gives you a nice spark uh, with that three. Or if you start him, uh, you're you're, you're kind of hiding him in the corner a little bit and all he has to worry about is, is being ready to catch that pop, you know, that catch-and-shoot three when Middleton or Holiday or Giannis drive and kick it out. Allen just has to worry about knocking down that three instead of trying to be a slasher, which he's not. And you don't have to worry about him as much on defense when you got Holiday out there because Holiday and uh, Middleton are, I mean, sorry, Middleton out there. Holiday and Middleton are going to be playing defense on the, uh, the top ball handlers. So now Grayson Allen's playing defense on the, the third or fourth or fifth best player on the floor instead of the one or two best player on the floor. So Middleton not being out there screws up a lot. It messes up a lot of what the Bucks want to do. Lopez has to be more of a scorer, which he failed to do this series. Um, Wes Matthews, who great defender, played solid defense for most of the series, not a scorer, but with, with Grayson Allen playing awful. And a uh, holiday struggling with his shot at times, you have to try to depend on West Matthews and then all of a sudden be a scorer because uh, Middleton's out. So Middleton being out screwed everything up for Milwaukee and not having PJ Tucker hurt too, um, because with Tucker, you could switch all the time. You didn't have to work. You know, you didn't have to do the drop defense, but they like doing, you could go a smaller lineup with Tucker out there and you could switch everybody. So be interesting to see what the Bucks do in the in the offseason. Be interesting to see who they bring back. It'll be interesting to see who they try to sign or trade or whatnot, stuff like that. So I want to get your thoughts on Milwaukee. If you're listening to this or watching the video, comment what you think you want to see the Bucs do. Um, I think Wes Matthews is likely good as gone. Um, I think he'll be back because he's guaranteed has a guaranteed contract. I think Allen will be back. Um, Cause you just gave him an extension, but what would you like to see the bucks do realistically? Because getting Dame isn't happening. They're not, they would have to get rid of holiday or Middleton in order to bring Dame in and your holiday is a better distributor and better defender. Yes. Dame's a better scorer, but he doesn't play defense and he's going to want, you know, he, yeah, I think him and Giannis will play well together, but holiday is a lockdown defender. And I know he struggled at times this year on defense, but he's a lockdown defender and you don't want to get rid of that in holiday. And you're not going to have the, uh, Dame's not going to be able to play the three um, if you trade Middleton. Um, so you're going to have your shooting guard uh, Dame and your shooting guard holiday. Well, what do you do for small forward now? You, you need somebody that can score from the small forward position too. Um, but that's really the only way they could even think about getting Dame is they would have to trade Holiday or Middleton in order to get him. Um so that's that. That's my my Milwaukee Bucks thought. NBA playoffs thought, I think it's uh I think you're gonna end up seeing um I think you're gonna end up seeing uh Golden State and Miami in the NBA finals. I don't think Boston has enough offense to beat Miami. Um and Golden State, I think, is just too good for Dallas. and I don't think Dallas is quite ready yet. I don't give Dallas another year or two and it'd be their turn to be king of the uh, the uh, NBA Western Conference. But right now I, it's still Golden States. Um, so that's my thought there. Now Packers, Jair Alexander, they they get, they extend him uh, free about six million in cap space uh, in doing so. And the question is, what do the Packers do? Uh, Emlyn Thomas, uh, who uh, hosted the the draft show with me, commented they should target some O-line depth. Um, tackle, maybe. I think guard you okay. I think guard spot, you're good. Tackle, they could probably use a little bit more depth potentially because we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Elton Jenkins. And we, you know, Bakhtiari hasn't played in uh, a full season because of his knee. So we don't really know what we're going to see out of those two. So maybe tackle can be a spot, but you did bring in a lot of young guys in the draft uh, at the guard and tackle spot, guys that can play guard or tackle and center. Um, so, you know, maybe bring in a veteran there potentially, but I think it's going to be Bakhtiari and um, Yash Nyman's job to lose a tackle until Jenkins is back. And I think you're going to have a big fight in at guard between between Runyon, um, Tom, Ryan, um, the kid from Mississippi State, who I can't think of his name right now, who they drafted last year, Newman. Um, I think it's going to be a big battle between those guys for those interior spots. And I think Runyon's going to get uh, win one of the spots. And then it's going to come down between Tom Ryan and Newman in that other spot. May the best man win. And maybe Nijman's playing so well at right tackle that you can uh, move Jenkins back inside to guard. And you, uh, you know, Runyon or the rookie – or new men get t- taken out and they become depth pieces. But I wouldn't mind the Packers adding a depth of safety. Um, you have two solid starting safeties in Amos and Savage, but outside of those two, you don't have a lot. Um, you have Davis who who has a lot of qualities that you like, but there's a reason why he's probably hasn't stuck on a team for a while. Um, tight end, um, could be a position you want to upgrade. I know they like Davis a lot. I sound like a broken record here, but they like Davis a lot. And, but again, he hasn't stuck around anywhere and tight ends do take longer to develop. And maybe he's the next big Bob Tanyan. And when Tanyan comes back, you got those two dominating the tight end position. But I think that's a big risk to take. Wide receiver, I think going into the 2022 season with the wide receiver room, the way it currently looks, I think is a huge risk. Um, Because really, you got veteran-wise, you have Lazard and Randall Cobb, and then you have a bunch of young guys who you don't really know what they're going to be. Watson has all the tools to be an NFL-dominant wide receiver, but we don't know yet how long it's going to take him to be ready. Amari Rogers didn't really show anything last year at the receiver position. I'm not ready to give up on him, but I think thinking he's going to take a huge jump from being completely useless in year one to being someone to depend on a lot in year two, I think is asking a lot from Amari Rogers. Could he make that jump? Possibly. But again, he's a slot guy. Randall Cobb's a slot guy. Um, Sammy Watkins, who seems to be injured a lot. Um, Another veteran, I forgot about him for a minute. So you see how high, high I am on Sammy Watkins. Um, Who knows what he's going to look like. He's been injured a lot. And does he still have that deep threat speed? And then, like I said, you got a bunch of young guys. Um, You still have a couple receivers out there that haven't latched on anywhere, especially one that I'm really high on. And I keep banging that drum, and I hope I speak it into existence, but I would love to see the Packers bring in Julio Jones. And I know you're rolling your eyes, and he's hurt all the time. Why are you going to take that risk? Um, He's going to cost too much. I think at this point, it's not going to cost that much money to bring in Julio Jones. I don't think it's going to cost that much money. I think – He's to the point now we're past the draft. We're getting into OTAs. We're soon going to be at training camp. I think he's just going to find a job. I think he just wants to find a job to play football and the Packers would be perfect because there's a need to go alongside Lazard and Cobb and Watkins. You need another veteran while your rookies develop. Why not bring in Julio Jones? Why not have Kristen Watson learn from Julio Jones? Um. Up until the last two years, he's been pretty consistent playing. He just had injury seasons the last two years. It wouldn't be a bad thing to bring him in the room. Um, I Landry already signed, which I wasn't a high on Landry anyway. Odell Beckham, he probably won't be ready to play till mid-season or later with the ACL. Um, maybe they save money for him, but I think the wide receiver room. I think you're. I think you're uh, playing with fire if you're going into the 2022 season with the way the wide receiver rooms look in right now. I think you need some edge depth too. You got um, Gary, you got Preston Smith outside of that. You have a bunch of young guys who are unproven that you don't know um, that they're ready. That the uh, one Ramsey coming back from injury, the other two, that's why you brought in uh, Merkulis because they weren't getting it done Um, And then you have a rookie, do you depend on the rookie? So I think they could use some edge depth too. So that's where I'm looking at. If I'm Green Bay and I'm going to bring in another piece, I'm going receiver, safety, or edge. Those are the three spots I'm looking. Those are the three biggest need areas that I see right now. Um, And then corner, I definitely could see them needing another corner because outside of your top three, Your top three are very good, and we still don't really know what Rasul Douglas is. He had a great season in 2021, but he's bounced around the league for a reason. Maybe the Packers figured it out, and he's not going to be bouncing around the league anymore. But Rasul Douglas was bouncing around the league for a reason. Um, But then you have Stokes, who looked good as a rookie, and Alexander, who's one of the top corners in the NFL. And he's damn sure now being paid like one. Um, I still think you could use another corner to help that because you lost your slot guy. Um, Kevin King's a free agent still. Maybe they bring Kevin King back. And I I hear people screaming in my headset right now, as I say, maybe bring Kevin King back, but you're already paying him three, $4 million to sit at home. See if he'll come in for barely league minimal and he'll be your fourth corner. And he he had one healthy and that's like that's the book on Kevin King when healthy that that's going to when Kevin King writes a book talking about his NFL career, he needs to make the title when healthy that needs to be the title when healthy the Kevin King story written by Kevin King when healthy Kevin King is a solid corner who I know we all have memories of the NFC championship game against Tampa Bay being burned twice, uh, one, because he jumped too soon, and the other one, well, I don't really know what the Packers' defense was thinking, hence why Mike Patton isn't in Green Bay anymore. But when healthy, Kevin King has shown to be a solid uh, third or fourth option at corner. You you can do worse than Kevin King. You definitely could. That could be an avenue they could uh, look at as well. And, again, you're, paying him, you're already paying him $3 million to sit at home. Why not bring him back into your building and uh, – have him play. What do you have to lose? Pay him another million to step on the field and play with you. And he got the 3 million that he's currently being paid plus another million. That's $4 million. $4 million more than he's probably going to find on an open market someplace right now. And he's only 26, 27 years old. Um, and again, when he's healthy, he he's solid. And he could definitely contribute on special teams a little bit. And then I wanted to talk a little bit of Milwaukee Brewers today. I think I'm going to skip that because I, I last couple of shows. Yes, I've gone over 30 uh, minutes, but I try to keep it at 30 minutes or less because um, I think I think after five minutes, most of you um are done listening to me talk. But I definitely think uh, more than 30 minutes, you're especially done with me. So I think I'm going to stop the show now, I'm going to stick to Milwaukee Brewers next week and See where we're at and talk about what I like and dislike about the Brewers at this point. We're going to have a series against the Nationals coming up um, over this weekend. That should be a fun series. Um, Then you got the Padres and then you got the Cardinals. So a pretty busy week for Milwaukee this weekend and next week. And right now the Brewers are in first place in in the Central by four games at 24 and 14, 10 games over, 500. 5-5 Five and five in their last ten and they, they uh they improved their lead by two games. I think there were two games uh in first last week around this time. But the Cardinals have faulted a little bit at four and six in their last ten. And the Brewers have a chance to next weekend hopefully build on that lead a little bit. Then you got the Pirates seven and a half, the Cubs eight, and the Reds uh twelve and a half now. So they now have eleven wins. So the Reds have been pretty hot lately winning seven of their last 10 games. So I'm going to do more Brewers next week, maybe try to bring a guest down to talk some Brewer baseball as well. Um, But with that said, I hope you all have a great rest of your day, great weekend, and I'll get back at you next week. This has been Talking Sports with Evan. Have a good one, everybody.